this is my uh, 15th December here. Like this, uh, I started on the first Sunday of December, uh, 15 of, of them ago now. And I've started my December series uh, like this every single year. I hate this. <laughs> I hate preaching at Christmas time. Um, it is like, it's the same story. You know it. Uh, I've been doing it actually for 26, this is my 26th December, my 26th uh, Christmas series um, that I've preached. And they're really all the same. And I was talking to Jennifer about it. She said, well, you watch the same Christmas movies every year. Like National Lampoon's Vacation, you'll watch it 10 times. Yes, I will. I, I love it. But, and then I got to thinking, like, I don't know that it's the story that I hate so much. And I don't hate the story. I hate to preach it. But I think it, what it is is because the holidays, and when we've talked about this before, the holidays magnify everything. And... and so much so that a grief share that we do, like they had to come up with curriculum for surviving the holidays. Because holidays, they magnify the grief. They, they magnify the pain. They, they magnify the, the division. But they also magnify the joys. Like I know in the next seven days, we got a couple of baptisms coming up. And that, those are, are great things. And they're magnified, I think, because of the, the, the season that we're in. So I think like that's my problem with the whole Christmas season is, is being a being a preacher is that, that it just magnifies the hurt, the confusion, the pain, the, the joy, and all of those things. And being the kind, compassionate guy that I am, when you guys hurt, I hurt. And I know some of you think that's, a, like, that's facetious or, or joking. Like, it's not, though. Like, that stuff really weighs on the life of, of a pastor. Um, even if we shake it off or fake it off or any of those things, it really weighs on us. And one of the things that, that so often is said is like, hey, don't worry about it, like the best is yet to come. And, like, and I believe that with all my heart because I've seen God take amazing situations and, and turn them into, or miserable situations and turn them into amazing things. Like I've seen that. But I also know I've been in some pretty messy, ugly situations in my own life and someone says, hey, the best is yet to come. You're like, shut up, I don't wanna hear it. Because when you're in the moment, it doesn't make any sense what's going on. And that's where so many of you are right now, I believe. And I'm just gonna tell you, this whole series is gonna be the best is yet to come. I mean, think about it, like the, the Christmas story. Like for many of us, it's so familiar. I said, I've preached it over 26 times. I've heard it every single, for 47 years, I've heard this story because I've, I've been in church the whole time. And, and the more church of, uh, you have, like the more normal this story really is. Like it is, like you, you hear these things and you're like, oh, that's not, like, yeah, of course. But think about it, like there's this girl named Mary. She's just 13, 14 years old, probably most scholars believe. And she's hanging out in her little village there doing what village people do. Like, I don't know if the YMCA or what. But, <laughs> and, and an angel shows up. And this is what happens in Luke chapter one, verse 29. Angel shows up and says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, let me just stop right there and say that's a bit unusual. Like it is, if you had a girl named Mary, and if you're in the room, like in your, in your name, Mary, like I'm not picking on you. I guess it's the age where everybody's offended. Like if your name's Mary, you're watching online, your name's Mary, I'm, not, I'm going with what the Bible says. Like you can either be a Mary or a Karen, like I don't know. Like someone's gonna be offended. <laughs> But, but let's say you're, you're at the door and, and Mary walks in and she's got a smile on her face. You go, hey, Mary, you look so happy today. Why, why are you so happy? 
And she goes, well, I, I heard from God today. And you go, oh, that's amazing. Like, was it a, was it a song that you were listening to on the way to church, maybe? A, a podcast, you heard a great sermon, a great message, and, and, and the Lord was just really speaking to you? Did, maybe, maybe, did you read your Bible this morning and God just kind of spoke through his word to you? She goes, oh, oh, no, no, no. An angel showed up while I was in the bathroom. I was getting ready, and we had this conversation. Okay, Mary, like, would you come over here to this nice police officer? And, hey, because he wants to search you. Like, none of us, like, none of us would buy that story, would you? Like, you wouldn't believe that, that, that an angel showed up. But here's the thing. We know that God speaks to, to, to different people in different ways at different times, and he's speaking to Mary through an angel. And the angel told her this, you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son. So she didn't even get to have like gender reveal party. Like it just kind of like went ahead and ruined the whole thing. Like there was no shooting the bow at the balloon and blowing up the pink and the purple and blue or whatever it is. Like it was just ruined, it was just out there. And then he said, hey, then you're gonna give him the name Jesus. Now I love that. Like, I love that the angel, like, went ahead and told Mary that, hey, it, this is the name. Like, keep Mary and Joseph from having the whole argument about what are we going to name the baby. Like, we, we, we've got a, a new grandbaby coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And, like, there was months trying to figure out a name. Like, arguing and fighting. And my son-in-law wanted to name it Abimelech or something. Like, I don't know. But, but yeah, like, there was crazy things fighting. And it's, hey, we're, we're just going to solve this problem right now. You're just going to name him Jesus. Like you, don't have to, you don't even have to think about it. Which was just a, a subtle reminder to me that God's gonna handle the details and we don't have to worry about it. Like some of you are worried about things right now and God's already working it out. Like God's already handled the, the details. You know, the way, way that I, I personally learned to make it through life uh, according to the scripture like, is, is every day you just wake up in a posture of surrender, not worrying about the details and trusting that God's gonna take care of it? And then the, the angel tells her this, he will be very great. Which, by the way, like, if, if you're a mother, like, that's what you wanna hear. Hey, your kid, like, you're gonna have a kid and your kid's gonna be great. It's gonna be so great that you can take your little stickers and put them on the back of your camel um, all over, like, because like you all have those kids, like I've seen your stickers on your car. And listen, your kids ain't perfect. Some of them are down there in KCC Kids Church right now and the reason the music's so loud is because your kid's freaking out. But we're glad they're here. But, so, so he will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. Said so the Lord will, will give him the throne of his ancestors David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What do you think about that, Mary? Now, if you're married and an angel shows up and tells you all of this stuff, your kid, like, like, is this something you're excited about, yes or no? Like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. But did you know there are some people on the planet, just some, that really do have a hard time believing and taking God at his word? And just to be completely transparent, I'm one of those people. Like, have you ever had a hard time believing God or, or taking, taking him at his word? Any, anybody? Crowd participation? 
Okay, the rest of the people, like, you need to see the police officer with Mary because you're either lying or you're high, and you need to stop both of those things. But so the angel shows up and like, hey, Mary, all this wonderful news. And Mary had a hard time believing it. Like if Mary, the mother of Jesus, wrestled with her faith after she heard from an angel, like I don't think God gets mad at us when we struggle, when we have a hard time believing that, that this is what he has next. And I'll prove it to you. The angel gives this, what's the best birth announcement on, on the planet. And Mary goes, how can that happen? I'm a virgin. Can you imagine that conversation? Mary's sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, name Jesus, ruler, great, so much, uh, I got it all, but I have a, a question, Mr. Angel Man. Like, I, I don't know how things work in the angel world with the wings and everything. Like, I don't know how that happens. But here on planet Earth, with humans, like, do, do you need me to draw a picture? Like, I've never done that. And the angel replied, oh, oh, the Holy Spirit. Well, that clears it all up. Thank you very much. Like, who's that? Like, Mary didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the baby will born, be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now, that's unbelievable. Like it, like it is, right there. The angel tells Mary the Holy Spirit is going to do a work inside of you, listen, that nobody else is going to understand and that most people aren't gonna believe, but one day, no, nobody will be able to deny it. Don't miss this. For, for you, like this is how this applies to us. Like you will go insane trying to explain what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you to people that don't understand it. Like the, the God wants to do a work in you through the Holy Spirit that will not make sense to the people around you, that will not make sense to, to, to anyone. And if we could just take our church lenses off for a second, like we would not believe this story. Let's say Mary showed up again to church. She's got a bun in the oven. Like right now, men, like you never say a word. Like if a woman walks in and she maybe looks pregnant, like you don't say a word. Because that can go very bad quickly. Like it's never happened to me. But I remember like Jennifer was pregnant and she was really pregnant and this happens to, to women. Like first Sunday in a new church, Jennifer's pregnant. It just started, I was 21 years old maybe. Man that she'd never met before walks up to her, puts his arm around her and goes, ooh, baby. And I'm like, honey, you can't say anything. I just got this job, we need it. Like, just let him rub away. Like, I don't know. But, but Mary walked in, and, like, and we know Mary, and, and she's showing a little bit, and somebody has the courage to say, oh, so Mary, you're, you're, you're having a baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm having a baby. Oh, did you and Joseph, did y'all get hitched? Nope. Oh, a shotgun wedding. I've been to one of those, too. Like, that's great. Oh, no, Joseph's not the father. Okay, Mary, like, are we gonna go on Maury and figure this out? Like what? Like, like, who's the dad? Oh, no, don't worry. The Holy Spirit's the dad. It's all good. Mary, back to rehab. Like, did anybody believe this story during this time? Like, no. Like I said, you'll go in, in insane trying to explain what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Like, sometimes you just gotta walk through this, and, so, and that's what Mary did. 
And that was kind of uh, Luke's account, and Luke goes on to tell us, and he says this, he's talking about the birth of Jesus now on down the road, like nine months in chapter two. It says this, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the, the Roman Empire. And this was, since, was the first census that was taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And if you can't believe it, there was a time in the world where the government was obsessed with numbers and counting people. Like, I know there's nothing like that going on in our nation today. Like, I'm just saying like, it happened thousands of years ago. All right, watch this. It says, and because Joseph was the descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and was now expecting a child. The King James Version reads, she was great with child. Now, it took about a week to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem by donkey. I have a question for the ladies in the room who have, who have had a child, like you've, like you've actually had a child come out of you. Like, I've just heard this, and I don't know for a fact, because I've never had a baby. It's never come out of me. Like, I just heard that the last couple of weeks of pregnancy are the most uncomfortable weeks of your entire life. Like, I don't know, like, my daughter right now is miserable. Okay, now let me ask you another question, ladies. Last week of your pregnancy, and like the last week before the baby is gonna be born, what if your husband came to you and said, hey, baby, let's go for a donkey ride. <laughs> Let, let's ride a donkey like this all week long. Do you think Mary's thinking, oh, the best is yet to come? No, she's thinking, okay, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me right now? All of this, all of this time, God, like eight months I've been pregnant, all of this time, God, I know that you rule and you reign in the universe, like it's all in your hands, uh-huh. Then why am I on this donkey going to Bethlehem right now? And not just Mary, think about Joseph. Is Joseph believing the, the, the best is yet to come? Mary rode his donkey all the way. Some, some of you get that. No, like Joseph is just saying, hey, you saw an angel, like could you bring that guy back? Some of you are still thinking that. Like, he, like he's so powerful, like he could just fly us to Nazareth or something. Or to Bethlehem. So this is the problem, then watch this. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. If you're Mary, you're like, oh, this is perfect. Like, it, it, like we were in Nazareth for all that time. Like I got my friends around, I've got my, my, my family around, like we've got all these arrangements made, the baby's coming, like we got the, the family circus, like everybody's gonna be there, I'm gonna have so many people to help me out. And then, hey, like we've gotta go to Bethlehem now and you have nothing. But don't miss this. God had to take Mary out of a situation where she was completely comfortable and put, a, uh, put her in a situation where she had to completely trust. Like, she had to completely trust him. Do you know that sometimes God has to take us out of our comfortable situation so that we'll actually pay attention to how desperate we really are for him? So if God's removing you from a situation where you're completely comfortable, 
it's probably because he's getting ready to deliver a work that he's been doing inside of you. And he can't do it where you're at. He can't do it in Nazareth. He has to bring you to Bethlehem. And then the scripture goes on to say, and notice this, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Again, now if I'm Mary, like I'm a little mad. Thinking like, are, are you kidding me? Mr. Creator of the universe guy, you couldn't have even got us a hotel room? You brought us to a place and, and listen, when we say manger, like most, like we have these manger scenes, like we got one on our fireplace now, like and they're all beautiful and they're all cute. Some of you got Snoopy in your manger scene, like that's all great. But this was most likely a sheep's cave. Like he was born in a sheep's cave. Can you imagine how that smells? Can you imagine how sanitary that would have been there? And they put him in a, in a manger. We've made it so beautiful. But it wasn't beautiful. Like it was, it was a mess. They put Jesus in a trough where animals drank from and ate from. But I think there's a reason for this. I believe that, that God is showing us right here that there is not a mess. There's not a mess in this room that Jesus can't identify with. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in, in, in a temple. He was born in a mess. And listen, if you're in the middle of a mess today, there's nothing going on in our lives that Jesus can't identify with because he started in a mess. And I think sometimes the way we've sanitized the, the, the scripture and sanitized the story and with all of our little figurines, we miss the point that, that Jesus was born in a mess and he's a perfect example of what it looks like when God takes a mess and turns it into a miracle. See, all of us would agree, like all of us would agree that, that God's at work in this story, right? Like we, we, we know that because we're looking at it from 30,000 feet high right now. And we see the start and we see his ministry and we see the, the resurrection. Like we see the empty tomb. We see the, the whole thing. So we can say, yeah, God's at work in this story. And here's the other thing I want you to get is that God's at work in your story. Don't say God's at work in the Christmas story, but listen, but he's forgotten you. Like I know for some of you, it feels that way right now. It felt that way for Mary and Joseph. Like he couldn't find a good place for his baby to be born. It felt that, that way for Mary when she felt completely abandoned by God. Because the angel showed up, but, but listen, she never heard from the angel again. And she's in a sheep cave giving birth to her son in messy conditions. But it all worked out better than she could have imagined. And we got two accounts of the Christmas story really in, in the scriptures. We got Luke and, and Matthew are the two of the gospel writers that tell us the, the Christmas story. Like Mark and John, they just kind of jump right into the ministry of Jesus and, and what's going on. But, but Matthew tells us the, the other account. And he talks about the, the wise men who were, who were really astrologers and they were, they were studying the stars in order to, to predict the future. Um, and by the way, like those were, were people that, that God had said, like you shouldn't even associate with those people back in other places. In fact, it's one of the, the small groups of people that, that God actually says that I hate the people who practice these things. 
but, but they're a star, like they're, they're looking at the stars, trying to predict it. And so these astrologers are out and, and they're, they're not doing it on per, for the purpose of worshiping God at all. But you know what God said during that time? He said, this is what they're doing. I'm gonna meet them where they're at. And he used what they were looking at and brought them to Jesus. So they show up in Jerusalem and they tell Herod, like, hey, we're here to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod's like, hey, I am the king of the Jews. And they tell Herod, well, we thought he was gonna be a a, a baby. And Herod's like, hey, you go find the baby because I wanna come worship him too. And they went and they found Jesus. But then the angel told the wise men in a dream, hey, don't go back to Herod. Like he, he's, he, he's, he's a trickster, he's a politician, he's not telling the truth. Here's what's funny, all the Democrats thought I was just referring to Trump and all the Republicans thought I was referring to Biden. Like, <laughs> like isn't it funny how we kind of filter things? Like, I'm just reading the Bible. So Matthew, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Like, that's weird to me, in a dream. He didn't appear to Mary in a dream, but he appeared to Joseph in a dream. See, God speaks to to people in different ways. It's not not always the same. He's gonna speak to some people through dreams. He's gonna speak to some people through songs. He's gonna speak to some people through sermons. He's gonna speak to some people through the Bible or, or, or worship music. But listen, he's speaking. And he showed up to Joseph in a dream. In Matthew chapter two, verse 13, it says this, get up. And if I'm Joseph, I'm like, are, are you for real? Like, we've traveled this way. We've just had baby Jesus in the sheep cave and in the manger. Like, you forgot to make reservations for, for the hotel. I get up, and he says, then flee to Egypt. And any Jewish person at that time would have been like, no way, I'm not going to Egypt. Like, like, if you'd asked a Jew at that time, hey, would you consider visiting Egypt? They're gonna be like, no. Like, Egypt was the country that, that held them slavery for 430 years. It was the country that, that they were in bondage for for, for for so many years. And all of those memories, all of those heartaches, all of those pain, like, there is no way that we wanna go to Egypt. Like, God, you're, tell, like you're telling me right now, you want me to go to Egypt with the child and his mother. And this is stay there until I tell you to return. Because Herod is gonna search for the child to kill him. Hey, thanks for throwing in that detail. It says, that night, Joseph left for Egypt. Don't you wish that there were just times in your life where you were just immediately obedient to God? Like, I do. But Joseph, it says, they acted immediately, took Mary, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. I called my son out of a place where my people experienced brutality and slavery and hurt and confusion and pain. You don't know why? Because Jesus can identify with everything that we're going through because he got called out just like God's gonna call us out. Now, this is what's, what's crazy. Matthew goes on to say, Herod was furious when he realized the, that the wise men had outwitted him now, now watch this, he said, they sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men report of the star's first appearance. You've never seen that on a Christmas card. Never seen that in a, in a, in a manger scene. But can you imagine the hurt and pain and confusion going on all around Bethlehem? 
There was hurt and pain and confusion because of a political decision and nobody knew how to handle the situation. And Matthew goes on to tell us when Herod died, when, when Herod died, like most of you don't have to, to, to guess this if you know me very long, like, but, but I'm a fighter. Like there are, there are three reactions. Um, it's like fight and flight and freeze. Like I typically in the moment, like I'm not gonna run and I'm not gonna freeze. Like I'm gonna fight. And especially if, if you're, you're messing with one of my kids. Like I'm gonna fight. You know, there are some battles though that God's saying, hey, you don't need to fight that one. In fact, don't miss this. Somebody needs to hear this today. That God will handle your Herod. Like I've been in a couple of situations where I wanted to fight and I felt like I had the right to fight. And God spoke to me very, very clearly and said, you, you can fight this battle or I can fight this battle. Which one do you want? So Joseph could have fought. He could have said, you know what? I'm not going to Egypt. This is my kid. Like I'm gonna defend my kid. He could have fought, he'd have gotten killed. So he went to Egypt and God handled this, this battle in his time. God will handle Herod. So when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Like, do you think Joseph is getting scared to go to sleep at this point? It's like nightmare on Elm Street. Like I don't know, a girl wouldn't go to sleep. Like every time I go to sleep, an angel shows up and tells me to do something. And the angel says to him, hey, get up. Really? Are you kidding me? Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and there he is just being obedient again. And he returned to Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there and began, uh, and then after being warned in a dream, another dream, he left for the region of Galilee. God's always speaking. Anytime we've hit a roadblock, God's always speaking. God's always moving. He's never gonna leave us in, in a place where we don't know what to do. And by the way, if you feel stuck, don't miss next week. Like next week is, is gonna be a, a great sermon. But since after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. God had to get him to Galilee. And that's weird to me as I read through the story. Like I said, the whole Christmas story is weird because they started in Nazareth of Galilee. And then they went to Bethlehem and then they went to Egypt and then they came back to Israel and now they had to go to Galilee. God couldn't have just taken them straight to Galilee. Do you know that sometimes God doesn't take us from point A to point B because we're not ready for it. God's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to, to develop you so that when you get to Galilee, you're ready for, for what he's going to do. Oh, by the way, Galilee, Mary had no idea that when she got to Galilee that, that by the Sea of Galilee would be where Jesus would call his followers to, to start the church. By the Sea of Galilee is the place where Jesus would feed 5,000 people with two fish and, and a couple of loaves. 
By the Sea of Galilee is where Jesus would deliver the best known sermon in the world, which was the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus would calm a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus would walk on water on the Sea of Galilee. But they're not there if they don't go through the process. They're not there if they don't go to Bethlehem and then to Egypt and then to Israel and then back to Galilee. It's a process that God's working in our lives to show us that he is in control. And I'm just telling somebody here today that even though right now it hurts, even though right now it's confusing, even though right now it doesn't make any sense, like God is going to use it because the best is yet to come. Like right now there is a cloud over some of you. And I get it, and it hurts, and Christmas magnifies that, but there is a cloud, and God's saying, hold on, there's even gonna be some rain. But after the rain, but after the rain, the best is yet to come. 